Welcome to the Stuff Down Photography Podcast, episode 41. I'm Scott Davenport. Today's topic is learning to see. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. I'm glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this shared passion of ours. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. A common challenge all photographers face is recognizing there is a photo to be made. It sounds simple enough, right? See something interesting? Take a photo. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are far enough on your photo journey to know that it's not that simple. The good photographer sees a photo opportunity, snags a frame. The great photographers see photographs where others don't. Oftentimes, we're the good photographer. Occasionally, we're the great photographer, seeing that thing that others didn't. As we practice photography, our ability to see opportunities improves. Well, well, we hope it improves, and I think it does improve. Seeing and finding photo opportunities is a skill, and like all skills, it can be learned, it can be practiced. So today, let's talk about learning to see. I have three things that we can do to grow our eye for photography. If you enjoy today's podcast, please do share it with a friend, share on social media with your camera club, and if you can, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Fresh current ratings help other photographers find out about the show. So this topic, learning to see, this is thanks to a listener question. Question asking, how can I improve my ability to see photographs? And I invite you to reach out. Let me know what's on your mind. Ask a question. If you're a member of our Patreon community, you can connect with me through the Patreon app or the website, and that buzzes my smartphone, which is inextricably connected to me at all times. Or uh, you can send an email through the contact form at stopdownpodcast.com. Emails come straight to me. No robots involved, and I do hope to hear from you. Okay, so how can we learn to see in new ways? How can we practice seeing opportunities? What can we do to train our eye to see those unique photographs? And I've got three ideas, three things to talk about here. This is certainly not an exhaustive list, but it is a solid start. Tip number one, I'll call this, ooh, that would make a good photo. So here's the scenario. You're out and about, you're maybe on a drive, maybe on a walk, maybe just sitting in the backyard, sipping a cup of coffee. Something catches your eye and you think, ooh, that would make a good photo. And maybe you reach for your camera if you have it with you or your smartphone and you capture a photo. That's great. But in addition to that, ask yourself, why did whatever it was grab your attention? Was it the subject? Was it something unique about the subject or about how it was interacting with the greater scene as a whole? Is it the color, the combination of colors, contrasting colors? What kind of light was involved? Now, there's good light, bad light, of course, but is it side lighting, backlighting, front lighting? Now, this does not have to be an exhaustive, elaborate exercise. Just a few moments. It's about growing our experience and being mindful. And the more often we do this, the more likely we'll recognize a photo opportunity in the future. It's, uh, it's kind of like if you've ever bought a car that is a color that you've never owned before or a model car that you've never owned before. 
the color or the model seemed novel to you. And then you get out on the road and you realize how many other cars out there are the same color as yours or the same model as yours. You've become more aware of your car and you realize that it's all around you. The same thing is true of photography. And we can do this same kind of exercise of studying a photo or studying a photo moment with existing photos. You can be scrolling through social media. A photo catches your eye. Stop. Why did it grab your attention? Composition choices. Pay attention to those. The angle. How the subjects are positioned. How does your eye flow through the scene? What is it about that photo that made you stop? And think about the last time you were out with your camera. Were there scenes or situations where you might have made a similar photo or a composition you could have explored? Does the photo you're admiring make you think of one of your own photos and maybe a different way to capture that scene? The more often we practice this, the more likely we'll recognize a photo opportunity in the future. So that's number one, the ooh, that would make a good photo. Pause, be mindful, and ask yourself a few why questions. Tip number two, use the black and white creative mode in your camera. Now, most modern cameras have these creative modes where you can capture the photo in black and white or in a sepia tone or vivid colors, anything like that. And especially in the mirrorless world, or if you're using live view on a DSLR, you'll get that creative mode presented to you in real time visually. And I like to do this with the black and white mode. My mirrorless camera, I turn it into black and white creative mode, and I see the world in black and white. And you will see subjects differently. The light and shadow is there without the added dimension, and one could say distraction, of color. It changes the way you see things. You'll compose differently because the balance of tones appear different. I'm no longer looking at bright reds and bright oranges and maybe bright blues. I just see upper mid-tones and deeper shadows. They may be deeper colors, but they'll just appear as shadows, and that may change the way I compose to balance tones across the scene. Now, if your camera has one of these creative modes, try it out. And also, flip on RAW plus JPEG capture. That way, you can capture both the black and white visualization you see when you're in the field, as well as the raw color photo, and compare them. Take a look at the color rendition. Is it different than the black and white rendition? How? What makes it different? Did you prefer the color versus the black and white? And then if you did, well, what colors were there? How did they show up in this black and white? How did it make you compose? You're kind of feeding it back into the first tip, too, studying your own photo. A little sidebar here. I've had photographers on my workshops whose photo journey began in the darkroom with black and white film. And interestingly, they already tend to see the world in black and white, or at least how it would translate into a black and white photo. And if you are one of these people, you've got a leg up on the rest of us because you've already trained your eye to see this way. So tip number two, try the creative modes in your camera, specifically black and white, and just see the world differently. Tip number three is to think in four dimensions. This is about thinking what will happen before it happens, you know, that time perspective in photography. 
Now, uh, we kind of initially think of long exposure photography, and I'll come back to that in a moment, but sports photographers are really good at this. They know whatever game they're photographing very well. They know the rules, and they know where the next likely play will happen. And they'll pre-dial in their settings and be ready for that shot. You know, if the play is going to be at second base in a baseball game, you know, a good sports photographer is ready for that action and they'll get that photo because they're thinking in that fourth dimension. Street photographers, you know, maybe you found an interesting doorway. If only a sharply dressed person just shy of two meters tall walks by, you start waiting for that moment to happen and capture it. Now, landscape photographers, long exposures, right? You know, what's the next ocean wave going to do? The next time the breeze blows, how is it going to sway those trees? If I leave the shutter open longer, what's going to get blurry? What's going to stay crisp? How will those elements interplay in the scene? And we can go on and on. You, know, you extend these time frames longer. I'm in a particular place, and... I like what I see, but what if it had a different sky? What if the conditions were different? What if it's a different season? How would that change the mood? You can really think of four dimensions about these possible opportunities. Sometimes it might warrant just a minute or two of waiting. Other times, you might need a return trip. A little bonus tip that's kind of related to this is thinking on a different scale. Now, macro comes to mind immediately extreme close-up of a small subject. We exaggerate it, present it very, very large. But another idea is uh, what I'll call micro-landscapes. A photographer I had on a workshop had an incredible eye for micro-landscapes. I'm talking a tiny sprout of a plant on a patch of moss tucked in the crack of a rock on the side of a path. You know, this thing that most other photographers, myself included, walk on by and never see. She'd notice these things and then capture them up very close, but presenting them in such a way that it looked like a full-blown landscape. So this entire world in this tiny, tiny little space on the earth. So thinking on a different scale, that's another way that you can see differently. So there's three ideas, recapping them. Tip number one, ooh, that would make a good photo. That's all about being mindful asking why questions, taking a moment or two to understand what it is about a scene or about an existing photo that makes you stop and look longer. Number two, use the black and white creative mode in your camera. Use it in your live view setting on a DSLR, just the creative mode on mirrorless, and actually see the world without the, air quotes, distraction of color. Tip number three is to think in four dimensions. What will happen in the future? And the future may be a few moments away, maybe a few minutes away, maybe it's a season away. Thinking about what could be with a particular scene versus what's happening right at this moment. As your eye for photography develops, I think you'll also find your appreciative eye grows as well. I'm sure I've quoted Dorothea Lang at least once on this podcast. Her take on how photography intersects with life fits perfectly with this topic. A camera is a tool for learning how to see without a camera.
little bit of studio news. Thought I'd catch up on my pursuit of photography. So a couple episodes back, I reaffirmed I'm going to continue to pursue photography, and I'm happy to report I kept that promise to myself. I have been out at least once a week with the camera since I made that promise, and I can't say I've gotten that killer photo, but I certainly have had a good time being out with the camera. So fully intend to continue doing that, and I hope that you are finding ways to continue your pursuit of photography. Thank you to the supporters on Patreon. It is your support that makes this podcast possible. You're also supporting the wealth of free tutorials I'm doing on YouTube. I can't thank you enough for showing your support for my work for this show, and you're helping thousands of other photographers improve their craft. If you're interested in learning more, check the show notes. There's also a support the show button on every page of stopdownpodcast.com where you can learn more. And that wraps up this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have some fresh ideas on how to see the world a little bit differently and find that next unique photo. Again, if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend. And if you can, rate it on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun. <laughs>